0: This is episode 49 of the Next Year Now podcast. Hi, I'm Chip Conley, hospitality entrepreneur and author of Wisdom at Work. If you want to use all of your experience and wisdom to be the best you can be, then you need to start listening to the Next Year Now podcast with my friend Tom Hefner.
1: Unfortunately, most people are told your money in the stock market, give it to a financial advisor, hope and pray for the next 40 years, literally smoke a bunch of hopium, and it'll all work out.
0: Welcome to the Next Year Now podcast with Tom Hefner. Tom believes that if you really want to thrive at work and in life, then every day purposeful habits and practices are vital. The Next Year Now podcast will not only help you identify and integrate these habits into your daily life, but also bring you key insights and lessons from some of the most successful people in their fields. And here is your host, Tom Hefner. Hello and welcome to the podcast devoted to helping you thrive at work and in life. The topic of habits and practices is always front and center in our discussion, but we also explore how we use these habits and practices to improve our personal development Productivity, creativity, health and well being, business and entrepreneurship. I've been thinking a lot about financial freedom lately. And that's because, like a lot of people, I made the mistake of buying too much house. And don't get me wrong, I love our house and I love our neighborhood community, but it's come at a cost. I've been working my butt off the last few years to attain financial freedom and everything that entails. And that's why I'm so excited to chat with today's guest, Damian Lupo, about how we can free ourselves from financial bondage and truly gain freedom in our lives. In our conversation, Damian and I will discuss how his college startup, a bookstore of all things, almost bankrupted his university's bookstore and what he learned from that experience. Understanding the green and red arrows of wealth and poverty and the effect they have on our peace of mind and security how and why it's so important to free yourself from financial bondage, non-traditional approaches to taking control of your retirement and finances, book recommendations to help us gain mastery by focusing on our principles first, and so much more. Over the last 25 years, Damien has started and owned more than 30 That's right, 30 different companies, including an insurance company, a financial consulting firm, and more than a dozen real estate ventures. And just for good measure, in case you're not impressed, he created and founded his own version of martial arts, Yokido. So it's pretty clear this dude knows how to achieve financial freedom and a sense of the freedom that it brings with it. His philosophy for getting there centers on self-responsibility and a conviction that the only path to freedom is through candor, growth, and a big vision. And that big vision ideal is what drove him to found Total Control Financial in 2016 and design everything around 10x growth and 10x impact. Damien, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Tom, it's really good to be here, man. I'm really excited. I hope everybody has a pen so they can take notes and, uh, you know, we'll set their pens on fire.
0: I love that. I I would have my pen, but as I told you before, uh, my my, my little son uh, ran off with it.
1: (laughs) He's taking notes for you right now.
0: I think so. (laughs) Look, we're going to dive into the meat of this conversation. Uh, That is gaining financial freedom and the autonomy that that brings with it in just a few moments. I know that's what we're we're dying to hear. I know that's what you're dying to hear. And so am I. But first, let's get to know Damien a bit more and uncover some insights from his entrepreneurial journey. Damien, your entrepreneurial spirit started early, like I mean, really early. You started your first business when you were only 11. I think at that time, I was probably uh, raining down three pointers, or at least I'd like to think that I was raining down three pointers at our local YMCA basketball court. Uh, and you were on your way to creating an entrepreneurial empire. Like, what what drove you to start that business and in, in, sub, in subsequent businesses since?
1: Well, it's funny because at at 11, my neighbor had a basketball uh, court in in, in his garage and I remember trying to shoot. I couldn't shoot. I tried to slam dunk. I couldn't do that. I couldn't even slam dunk if you threw me off the roof and at the the hoop. (laughs) So I I started playing video games and I love video games. But the problem is, and this is always the thing about an entrepreneur, you have to find a problem. My problem was that my parents told me we didn't have any money and so we really couldn't buy any games. And I said, that doesn't work for me because I really want to play. So I went out and started figuring out a business which basically was me buying and selling Nintendo games and I was buying them in bulk and then playing them and then selling them off one at a time. It's <laughs> so you know for me it was just a way to to play and what I was doing was solving a problem and that's the thing that we need to really start with in general and and over the years the successful businesses I've had the, the most interesting ones have been problem solving businesses the ones that were lame where I was a commodity like insurance it was just, it, what's the problem? Well, you know, I'm the same solution as the next door person that's selling the same thing. So I don't know if there was really a big problem. It was just, I was trying to sell a solution, which meant I was focusing on the money versus focusing on the problem and serving people.
0: So that that early experience was around, you know, uh, kind of uh, uh, supporting your play habit. Um, yeah. But like from some of your later entrepreneurial uh, ventures over the years, like what did you learn about uh, money, wealth, and and, and poverty
1: well one of the things that I learned when I was in college I started a bookstore and it was another problem the problem was books were expensive and the bookstore was ripping everybody off and and so I learned very quickly that systems don't like to be disrupted they protect themselves and the school system the president called me in and he said you got to stop this because the bookstore is leaving they're they're going out of business I said that's their problem they're overcharging and he said it's going to be your problem because we're going to kick you out and I said well I, I'm not gonna stop. He said, well, then you have to leave. And I said, I'll be gone in three days. And I paid for school in a week. And it, one of the things that taught me was both that the institutions are going to protect themselves. And two, the idea of working really hard for money is a dumb idea. Working really hard to solve a problem and create something means that you can do, you can create out of thin air, almost unlimited wealth. I mean, I paid for school, an entire semester of school in a week. And it was me running around a campus, but hey, we, we run around campus just going to class. So I I think that we have to really disconnect from this time for money thing. It's a very poor middle-class philosophy and really start thinking the way the rich do. How do we solve a problem? How do we leverage it? What technology, what people do we use? And when I focused on that, it gave me a lot of leverage to where I could start creating more freedom versus just getting really tired.
0: A lot of people they can get behind this idea of solving problems, right? Like I, my, uh, former career, I, although I still work at this organization is, uh, as an engineer, right? So I solved a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody like says, Oh, I can solve this problem. Let me start a business. Like what's, what do you think is different about you or about entrepreneurs in general that just says like either one gives them the confidence or the spark to start their own business? Cause we all solve problems, right? I mean, or at least to some degree.
1: I think that that when people hear that, hey, I can actually do this. That, that it's possible because I can never create confidence. In somebody, what in in them? What I can do is I can help them to go through the motions to create the confidence muscle, and that's there what they're going to develop. Like you can't give somebody confidence. You the, people can borrow confidence, and that's that's what freedom is. It's having the confidence in your ability. It's not about cash. It's not about cash flow, and and so. I think when people realize that it's possible, and here's an example of this, if you go out and you, you buy a, a house and you rent it out as a rental property, you're solving a problem for somebody by creating housing and th- 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 that they're going to use. And if you serve them well, this is not a huge problem. Like You're not figuring out how to solve global hunger or something, but you are solving a problem. And you're going to be rewarded for that. And as you do it, you build a confidence that, hey, I can actually do this. There isn't a single person out there that's listening that couldn't do what I just said. It's just a question of whether you're going to put one foot in front of the other one and take action to do it. That's a problem. There's a lot of problems. And just because we don't think we solve problems for a living doesn't mean you can't do some type of problem solving to create wealth and that confidence muscle that you need to be permanently free.
0: And you talk about that and kind of relate that to uh, the rich, right? So can you talk about? Um, this idea of uh, of the you, you've talked about this on your website before about uh, the green and red arrows of wealth and poverty and how that relates to to the rich if you will
1: yeah this is one of those things that happens sort of an accident when you're in the middle of of doing the work that you're supposed to to do you learn a lot from other people and it's almost sometimes accidental you run into these lessons i was working with some folks that asked me for help with their money the problem they had was they had about a million and a half in cash and they were scared to death they'd lose it they were in their 50s and i said okay well what do you want to do? And they said we want to be. We we don't want to have the stress of losing this money. And I said, well, tell me about it. And they said, well, we're we're we've got money in the stock market, and every day we watch the news. And the news has the the market report. The Dow did this, and there's a green arrow when the market goes up, and then there's a red arrow when it goes down. And they said, so we see a green arrow, we feel rich, but then we're nervous that tomorrow we're going to see a red arrow. And then when we see a red arrow, the market, the Dow dropped 400 points, then we feel poorer and we feel like we can't do anything. And we're on this roller coaster. And I said, well, what do you want to do? They said, we want to get the hell off the coaster. And I said, I <laughs> totally get that. So what do you, I mean, that's as simple as pulling that money out. And they said, that sounds good. And I said, great. So they did it. And about six months later, the Dow dropped like 500 points. And I, I was uh, with them and I, I said, so w- did you see the market? And they said, we don't care. And I said, that's what's called being totally free and not worrying about the green and red arrows of wealth. And it's, unfortunately, most people are told, put your money in the stock market, give it to a financial advisor, hope and pray for the next 40 years, literally smoke a bunch of hopium and it'll all work <laughs> out. And I go, that is the dumbest plan I've ever heard because you're on a roller coaster in the dark and you don't even know if it's if it's got a complete line. It may just go off a cliff. You may end up crashing. And so we've got to find ways to where we're in control, to where we're not subject to that, because I don't care how much money you have in the stock market, the next time the market crashes and you know it's going to happen because it's a cyclical thing, the next time it happens, you're going to feel totally out of control and you're going to feel poor. So we have to start thinking about different ways of shifting the control away from that system into our hands.
0: Well, and I think some people feel about they have a little bit of FOMO, right? Like I think intuitively they know probably on some level like, oh, It's going to happen, but I also don't want to miss out on, especially when you do all those little financial uh, calculations where, you know, the compounded interest is all really great when you're in year 25, 30, 31, you know, those those last years where you start to really get that kind of exponential growth. Um, but. Let's let's pull the thread on, on that idea of like uh, gaining control. And so a big part of our financial freedom for a lot of people is taking control of their retirement. Looking through the lens of your experience in financial management and consulting, can you talk about some of the most effective habits we can adopt to take control of our financial retirement?
1: Yeah, the the one that we're we're told to do is to put X dollars away every month and don't touch it. It's a long term thing, and and that's absolute BS. The problem is we're we're not taking any responsibility for it. We're just saying, yeah, if I go through the motions, that's great. I mean, that's what my dad did. He put money away, and and then I remember all the things he said no to, like uh, you know, going on trips, seeing his homeland in Italy. He he did he actually didn't go to my sister's wedding because he was afraid of spending the money. I mean, that's talk about pain for everybody and at the end of his life this is a few years ago we were sitting talking and he said you know there were just so many things that i wanted to do and i i felt this regret i felt this incredible weight and this pain and i went wow he played by the rules he did what the system told him to do and he didn't live because he was afraid he was going to run out of money and i thought this is i can't live like this and i got to make sure that i tell as many people as possible.'" How to avoid this? I mean, this is like the worst case scenario for your life. At the very end, you go, dang, I didn't really live. <laughs> that and would be pretty terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, it was, it was like one of the worst moments of my life. And I've had some pretty intense ones, like losing $20 million. That's, that's a crappy moment. So, you know, the, this thing really pushed me to a place where I said, well, what's the difference? And the difference was he never, he never had control. He had money in the stock market and mutual funds. So, the, the the habit, the ritual that's important is what you're doing right now listening to us and, and educating yourself. You're building a muscle. And so that's part of the education muscle. And then the other part is actively doing something, which is not writing a check and sending it to an advisor in New York. It's going out and buying a piece of silver. It's it's making an offer on a rental property. It's going to a seminar and then doing some steps that they suggest you do for investing it's way beyond what we're taught by the system because the system is there to make itself rich. It's not there to make us rich. It's it's not going to give us millions of dollars and freedom. It's going to get us old.
0: Damien, you talk about this thing called EQRP. Uh, What is that and, and how can that empower us and give us peace of mind and security?
1: Well, there, there's this thing that we think, and that is because the system has told us this, that you have a 401k, you max it out, you put your money away, and then you wake up one day and you're retired and you get to golf and travel. Which, but by the way,
0: it. like, I hope you don't tell me that like that's a terrible yeah. idea because I've been doing that for the last 14 years. <laughs> 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 I'm beginning to, to question my, my choices here.
1: <laughs> you know the, the good news is you're not Tom, honestly, you're not sitting there looking at me saying, "Hey, I, I have no more time, and I wish I'd done something different." The, the truth is, we can change anything. The moment we decide to and I these ideas were the best they were the best ideas based on the information we had so the last 14 years it was the best thing you could do based on what you knew the the idea though is that there's another option and the other option is control and the EQRP is about you having control of your stuff now I know some of you guys are listening going I'm scared of my ability or lack of ability and I think I would lose all my money that's possibly true so when i say here's how you do it you go buy an ounce of silver that's twenty dollars when you go look at a piece of property it costs you nothing there's a process of building your your ability and your confidence the truth is though if you if you want to be free you have to go do the things because even if you have a bunch of cash like my clients you're you're going to wake up and go i don't want to lose this so you're going to play not to lose and you're not going to spend your money you're not really going to do it so it doesn't really make any difference even if you have the money at retirement. I'm telling you right now, it's the confidence that is the freedom and you have to be more active and in control. And that's what the the QRP and we call it the EQRP because it's an empowered qualified retirement plan. It's a, it's a 401k that you actually have control of where you have a checkbook and you invest the way that you think is right for you based on your values, based on what you like. If you like real estate, maybe you do that. If you like private businesses, you you get to choose the direction. Like you're in the driver's seat. You're not in the back seat like an Uber, and you're not in the trunk like most people with their financial advisors, <laughs> hoping that the car doesn't go off a cliff, but they have no idea because they're in the dark. It's a totally different way of of focusing on your money and your freedom. Because let's be honest, we spend all this time like you're talking about the work you do. You're trading time for money. You, I mean, if if I were to ask you right now, Tom, would you go to work for free? The answer is probably no.
0: No, no. <laughs> I mean, right. don't get me wrong. I enjoy my colleagues and I enjoy my work. But there's other things that I would trade that time for if given the freedom, or if giving right,
1: yeah, right. That, that and that for most people, that's the case. And one of the one of the greatest freedoms you can ever have is say saying, I, you know, waking up and saying, I, I do this. I do it for free, or I would do it for free. It's a really interesting shift, and and so if you aren't doing your thing for, or you wouldn't do your thing for free. You have to start thinking about what you're doing with the money that you're trading your time for, because you can't get the time back. So, are you squandering it? Are you investing it in the thing that you're told to do that you have no control over? You know what? You we're trading our life for this thing. It better be worth it, and we better be conscious about it, and not just say, "Well, Susie, so and so down the street told me I should do this, and my financial advisor at Mer- Merrill Lynch said I should invest in bonds or stocks or whatever, and I'm going to do that." And we're, we're like brainless, we're like zombies. <laughs> it's a, and it's a bad plan. And it doesn't mean it's not going to work. It's a bad plan, though, because you have no control and you have no real idea of why. Just because the, the system has said 8% compounded for the 40 years between 20 and 60 is the best thing, that is nonsense. Because if you actually look at the numbers, it's 3 to 4% after the fees, after everything, and then you've got taxes. So you'd be better off just about putting the money under your mattress because at least there's no risk. So we've got to challenge these ideas. They're definitely not serving you. They're serving the system, and you're just sort of the fuel that serves the system and allows it to get really rich.
0: And so, when you talk about the EQRP, um, I heard you talk about it in kind of the uh, kind of I'll, I'll say general terms and saying like this is an alternative, um, kind of viewpoint to uh, the retirement. Can you say a little bit more about it?
1: Sure. Yeah. And let me tell you what this is not. This is not one of these infinite banking things, banking yourself nonsense. I hate those. They're a (laughs) ripoff and I'll go into the math. I mean, I'll challenge it. I'm a math geek. So if you if you bring me a financial product and you say, here's the spin job I'm going to give you and make you all happy, I'm going to challenge the numbers and I'm going to break them. And I've done that. And I had, I had $100,000 in one of these policies. I bring this up because a lot of people go, oh, I get to have my own bank. No, you don't. You get to make an insurance company rich. And so I lost $30,000 when I put $100,000 in and took seventy dollars out. That's a bad return. It's <laughs> like it's not a good investment. And what, what the QRP is, is it's your it's your 401k, your IRA money. It's retirement money that gets to be either tax-deferred or tax-free. And you are... You have a checkbook. So this is what what the company does. We actually set this all up so that you have the ability to have a checkbook. So as long as you can write a check or wire money or do whatever it is that you do to buy assets, you get to be in charge of whatever you're going to invest in. Nobody's going to tell you what you can or can't invest in. And it's it's literally that simple. And people, Tom, will say, this is too Simple. It seems too good to be true, and I say, well, I can complicate it. But the whole point is, Wall Street complicates everything on purpose to ke- make you feel stupid, so that you'll trust them with your money, with your money, because you you don't understand what's going on. Well, we're so used to the complication and feeling like we couldn't possibly make a good decision that when something is simplified, it freaks us out. Well, that's that's what this is. It's it's a simplified process for you to make choices and choose which direction your investments are going to go
0: since you're, you're, you're uh, talking about, uh, looking at financial instruments and, uh, and kind of being a math geek, let me ask this question. Uh, I've read recently, uh, and I have had friends, um, using, uh, one strategy towards like building a, you know, more control over the retirement of using, um, have you heard of like first lien HELOCs to pay off their, uh, their mortgage? I have. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think you can, you can move things around. I mean, there's, there's a mathematical formula for interest. And, and I mean, if you've got a loan, if you, if you've got interest due on a loan, you've got interest every minute that that loan's outstanding. So, I mean, my understanding of that process is that you're using a HELOC to pay things down. And so any, any cash you have is reducing principal that you're getting charged inter- interest on. So I think it's a good idea. I don't know if it's necessarily worth the brain damage compared to financial literacy and going and doing something. I think it's kind of a gimmicky thing. Um, yes, it's probably mathematically workable. The question is how much time are you going to spend chasing those, those dollars when you could have piles of cash from actually chasing something and developing confidence around an actual investment?
0: Fair enough. (laughs) So let me ask this question. What's, uh, what's kind of the next step for someone who wants to take control of their financial retirement?
1: For the 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 first step is is getting educated about the options so that you're not just turning your money over and hoping it all works and and so what one of the reasons that i write write books about stuff there's two things one i can i can give a lot more information to a lot more people and if you ever try to write a book about a technical subject you realize how little you know and it takes a long time to figure out how to actually explain something and, and get clear about it So I wrote a book on the QRP and it's, it was to give people all the information they need to know without having a law degree or being a CPA to understand it. (laughs) And so, I mean, that's, that's the process. It's so I'm, I'm simplifying things so that you can take them and, and say, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to figure out whether this is good for me. You should know if whatever you're doing is good for you or not. And you know why. And if you don't, then it's time for you to spend time investing in your, your financial education.
0: And what's the name of the book that you um, that you wrote on the QRP?
1: The QRP book.
0: Just the QRP book. All right, cool.
1: Yeah, I'll make sure we
0: have it, uh, I'll make sure we have that on our show notes.
1: And there's something too. If if you're interested in you, you say, well, I, this is kind of me. I want to I want to figure out if I can do this or what this is all about. If you go if you go to my site, there's a, a you can actually get a free copy of that book. And, and I'll ship it out to you like a physical, like, you know, it's going to be sort of like the holidays or your birthday. You're going to get a copy <laughs> of the book. And I do that because I want you to actually have something. And it, you, you, I, mean, I mean, I'm mean i going to pay for the shipping. I'm going to literally deliver this thing to you and educate you. That is my mission. My mission is to free a million people from financial bondage. That is why I'm here. And if you will take advantage of the work that I've done to create this education and then see if it's for you, that's awesome. That's all I want you to do. And it's, it's my gift to you.
0: Fantastic. I am I will take you up on that offer because I'm always looking to educate myself further.
1: Perfect choice.
0: So uh, let me ask this question. Um, you know, if you're sitting there, uh, if you're sitting there thinking retirement planning and security all sounds well and good, but I can't imagine it grinding it out for, you know, at a job that I hate for the next 30, 40 years. We were just talking about that. Um, then I want you to stop what you're doing right now and pay close attention to my next question for Damien. And this is where financial freedom, uh, hopefully will take on a whole new meaning for you. Damien, if we're looking for, I'll say quicker, more drastic, uh, path to financial freedom or, or an alternative, uh, playground to the, the, the nine to five office job, can you talk about, uh, strategies for building financial wealth in non-traditional ways? You touched on it a little bit, uh, earlier with, you know, the examples of buying silver or maybe buying real estate. Um, but what are some other in- alternative investments that we might, uh, think about?
1: Well, the, the first thing before we even talk about the technical ones is is to really blank slate our lives. And what I mean by that, I, I, I've moved a lot. And so the, one of the times I moved in a, f- a few years ago, I was looking at an empty house and I said, why am I bringing all this stuff in here? Like, what do I actually want to bring in here? It was legacy obligation from stuff that I didn't even like anymore. And and so the question I, I would have, and this is why I really dig into the numbers with people when I work with them and what you should all do is, is dig into your numbers, figure out what your life really costs and what your life weighs. Because once you know that and you go, well, you know what, I don't really want this stuff or I don't want this overhead of this house. I like if I were to choose from scratch, I wouldn't go get it. What that does is it clears out all of that excess energy that's required to maintain it. And you can get really clear. So maybe your, your lifestyle isn't ten thousand dollars a month. It's actually four. If you had something that would make you happy, but you've just kind of continued to grow it, and and it's 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 a monster out of control. Once you're there, then you've got this number. Let's say it's three thousand bucks a month, and or it's ten. Doesn't make any difference. the 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 freedom that you're going to find is building up the um the the assets and and the and the stuff that's going to pay for that lifestyle. Now it doesn't necessarily mean you have a job and you're trying to figure out some real estate. It could mean that you actually do a job that you like because if you, if you, if you like your job, I mean, you like, and let's, okay, if you love your job, it's kind of like playing. And if you're playing, then there's not this huge need to have a bunch of assets. You're probably going to want to do that. But if you love the work you're doing, that's great because it actually gives you significance, which is a huge, huge important human need. So the first thing you got to do is figure out if you hate your life. If you hate your life, you got to change something. You got to change what you're doing. And then the alternative investment stuff, the alternative ideas. I love the idea of going and having a rental house or two. It's like Jim Rohn used to say, I, you know, when you go and you want to go buy a bicycle, great, buy two, buy one for you and one to rent out. And, <laughs> and same thing with a house. You're going to have one that you live in and then go get another one that you're going to rent out. And you're going to start to build this muscle around creating assets that are working so that you're not working yourself to death because eventually we get tired and we want to make sure that something is working for us so that we have the freedom of our time and we can make a choice. If you don't want to work this week, you don't work and you don't worry that you're going to miss out on a paycheck. That is financial bondage. So the the real estate is great. I love that. I've done a ton of it so I can speak from experience. It's awesome and it's painful, but it's also, it creates freedom. And then one of the easiest things you can do is find a network marketing company and this is every, everything from amway to prepaid legal all these different companies mary kay and the reason is because it'll help you develop a mindset of leverage and and op- uh, like optimism and abundance it's it's not necessarily time for money which is what we're used to it's really creating things uh, abundance based on relationships and and so that's that's where you're going to start to feel like oh the more the deeper i get into this the more wealth i'm creating the more people i'm impacting and that's where the wealth is created from. So it really does come down to the relationships if you're willing to invest in other people. So I love those things and who you're going to become in the process of going deep into one of those, those, uh, those companies.
0: What are some of the, the challenges we might face as we maybe go and pursue, uh, even like you said, just first clearing the deck and saying like, let's see what we really need. Uh, and then kind of work from there all the way to trying some of these things, uh, alternative investments out, whether it be real estate or kind of one of these network companies.
1: Two things you're going to run into, you're going to run into people and you're going to run into your belief systems. The The people that are around you that have been a part of you getting to where you are, the moment you shift and you say, I want something different, you're going to get pulled back. It's, it's uh, called top hoppy. It's called crabs in the box. It's people that don't <laughs> want, I mean, this is what happens. It's like globally, it happens everywhere. And you're in a box, you're a crab, you want to get out of out of your box and people those other crabs they we call them your family and your friends. they're gonna pull you down. and it's not it's not because they hate you. they love you. but the problem is the moment you get out of the box and you go, wow, it's it's like really cool out here. It makes them wrong for the dreams that they gave up on. and people don't want to be wrong. They don't want to feel like they they took a left and should have taken a right at some point and their life could have been different. So the moment that you go create a life, it's like when I went and and created a big life and, and had some really neat things and experiences, traveling, bought a Ferrari. Ferrari was a bad idea, but <laughs> the, the, the traveling is amazing. And I'm constantly told, wow, you're so lucky, and I wish I could do that. And I just want to smack the crap out of people because it's a choice, it's a priority. What most people prioritize is spending a bunch and having a consumption lifestyle And you have to start thinking about who's influencing you and whether they're supporting you, whether they're also doing these things. I mean, if you want to travel more, go find a bunch of friends that travel all the time. It'll become normalized for you. It's a cognitive bias towards the normalcy of whatever is happening. And people that are in your life, either they're they're heading in a direction that you want to go or they're heading in a direction that you've already gone. So the question is, do you want to live in the past or the future? You might have to change some people in your life. And we tend to resist this because we don't wanna lose our family and friends, and they will give us feedback. They'll tell us we're being arrogant, we're being egotistical, we want more, why can't you be happy, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Blank slate comes into play where you have to say, if I were to meet these people today, are they the people that I'd bring into my future? Are they gonna support me or are they gonna take me down? And problem is that many of the people are gonna take us down. So we've gotta be really conscious about about the relationships. That's probably the most important thing And, and that tends to have a lot of impact on our belief systems because we get that influence all the time. So you got to start with the people that are around you. I mean, figure out who's influencing you right, right now.
0: Great point. Uh, let me ask this. So Right, there, there. In some ways, you could look at that as almost like a binary, right? It's kind of either one end of the spectrum or the other end. But then you can also think like, well, what about the uh, the? I'll say, take my example, right? Like, uh, I'm I'm married. I've got three kids, and if I go to my wife today and say, "Hey, um, we have this big single family home, but like that's cool, but let's 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 slim it down a little. Like, we don't really need this. Um, or, hey, let's go and travel the world for um, you know six months out of the year." And, you know, and, and those are all things that for sure I could definitely do. And I could definitely see some value because I love to travel Um, and getting a smaller house like awesome. That would be free up some more capital um, for us. But at the same time, right, you want to be a good, good husband. You want to be a good father. Like, how do you balance that? that piece of it. Right. Because in, in, in that sense, um, I could totally see, uh, being them being the crabs in the box, right? Like, Hey, get back here. Where are you going? Um, but not through malice of intent, not through being like a bad person necessarily. It's just kind of their own, like you said, belief system. So how do you, ch- how do you approach those situations where it's clearly like those are relationships we want to keep and we want to manage, um, better as we get towards that, that goal?
1: Well, this will probably strike a nerve in some people, but if if the priority for a a spouse is the house and that's the highest priority, you got a problem with the spouse. And I'm not saying this is your situation. I'm saying (laughs) if that's if you say, hey, here's here's what I want to create. I want to create these experiences with our with our family, with our kids, and I want to travel. So maybe your spouse hates traveling, but let's assume your spouse likes traveling. If you're focusing on presence, connecting, things that you will keep in your mind and in your heart for a lifetime. And if somebody is is addicted to the the big house, what that probably tells me is that they're focused on the security, that very basic primal need that we have. Mm-hmm. And what they're missing out on is is the love and connection human need that is equally as important, but tends to take a a backseat to the the security piece and the significance. And the significance is like the shiny bling, the Ferraris or the you know the Lexus or whatever the house. So as a family, the first thing to do is to figure out what your priorities are. Do you wanna connect, do you wanna share experiences, or do you wanna spend a lot of time feeding a beast? And it doesn't mean you can't do both. The question is, you just need to start off figuring out what the priorities are and then feed the things that are the highest priority first. For most people, that's their house and it's their lifestyle. And then they go, I got two weeks off or four weeks off a year and we go to Disneyland or we go on a cruise or, or whatever, and then that's it. And they wake up 20 years later and go, dang, I kind of missed the other stuff and I wish I had done these other things. So that is a, it's a, it's a really dangerous way to prioritize your life, but it's really a default way too. Cause if, if I were to ask most people, do you care about the experiences with your friends and family or do you care about your house? They're going to say friends and family, but their calendar is going to say their house because they're spending all their time there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, so many of our listeners, so many of my friends. Uh, and again, I, I don't think it's like a, 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 through malintent or through necessarily a conscious decision. I think it's that, point you made about that primal desire for security right and so many of us live uh that that lifestyle right of kind of feeding the beast that is the the prototypical kind of americana dream right where you've got your house you've got um you know you like said a couple weeks a year three weeks a year whatever you go on uh, travel and so i think that's a challenge for people to get outside of that and to think how it could be differently
1: it's it's a huge challenge. One of, the th- one of the things I've thought about a lot is is this whole idea of debt and and this being a slave. It's like modern day slavery is is the financial bondage that we most people have put themselves into. And I say you've put yourself into that because you've chosen the things in your life. If you have debt on a car, you have chosen a piece of financial bondage. If you have debt on a house, same thing, and people are gonna say, Well, that's the American dream and I'm building equity, yeah, you are until the house goes down in value. I mean, when there's corrections, I don't know that you're really building anything except a bigger noose. So just challenging these ideas that we think are, that is real, that's true, that's that we believe in, uh, maybe the, some of those things aren't the best choice. I mean, if you didn't have any debt, if you had no house payment, if you had no car payment, and you had a couple of rental houses, and you had all your time, what would that be like? I mean, it's, it's really thinking differently than this idea of working really hard, having a nicer, nicer house or the same house and then just waiting until you're 60 to live. What if you got rid of all of the bondage and you had your time? What would that be like for your life? Probably scary as hell because you'd have all your time to be staring at yourself.
0: <laughs> for sure. I think it would, for, for many people, it would, uh, it would change their, their day-to-day activities and their outlook dramatically. And I think that's important.
1: It is, especially when you're talking about, I mean, for me, I don't have any kids yet, but the idea of being able to choose when I want to spend time with, with my partner or my my kids, and there's no question of what the priority is. Uh, you know, I, it's not I, I'm going to go to work. And you know, if you have to go to work, that's great. Do you want to do that for the next 20 years? or do you want to kind of have a different path where you get to start making that choice every day and you don't wake up with a, a high likelihood of heart attack on Monday because you hate the idea that you have to go to this thing to feed your lifestyle and and when you don't have when I like I forget what days they are I don't know what day I think today is Friday but you know it, when you don't really connect with the normal the the week of of indentured servitude which is what most jobs are and you start just realizing that it's a sunny day or the sun has come up and that's what today is it's not a day of the week it really does change things why i mean why would we want to spend all this time just to get to the weekend and then basically numb ourselves out on the weekends because we're kind of we're worn out and we're not really excited about starting up again on monday that in itself is something for us to really think about in terms of priorities and you know all the stuff that we're feeding
0: Look, you've uh, you've given us a lot to think about here. I'm gonna. I think you've put the right pin in the cushion on that one. So I want to shift focus a little bit and move to one of my favorite parts of the show, uh, Damien. Uh, and this is, uh, I think you, you've written five books, so I think you're gonna appreciate this discussion. And this is where we talk about, I think, one of the best habits we can adopt today, and that's the habit of reading, and not just reading, but reading to learn and apply something. So. I want you to think about the books you've really enjoyed over the years, or maybe books that have impacted you deeply. What are the two or three books that stand
1: out? Two books, Mastery and Principles. Um, Mastery was it's by George Leonard, who has passed away. He's a martial artist like I am, and he wrote a book on it's both martial arts and and life, that there's a process of mastery and it's not a it's not an event. It's not something that we succeed in where we go, ah, I've mastered this. Because mastery is a process that lasts for a lifetime. And there's a a series of things that happen where it doesn't feel like anything's happening. It's called plateauing. Studying that work, and I study his work on purpose. It's not a book you read and you go, cool, Harry Potter novel, I'm done. I go to the next one. <laughs> it's like you study this. And, and it helps you to be deeply fulfilled in the work that you do, the way that you live, versus going once I have that thing or that moment or that achievement, then I'm good. You get away from that completely. And you and it allows you to be in the process to where you actually enjoy the process versus trying to get away from the process and get to to Friday night so you can feel happy. And when I read Ray Dalio's book, he's the founder of Bridgewater, multi-billionaire principles goes deep into his mindset and the culture he's built over the last 40 some odd years with this company and in, in his life, how he It looks at his kids and how he thinks about inheritance and and building teams and transparency. He's got something that I've never heard of in a company called Radical Transparency where people are incredibly open. And it feeds or it it gets rid of the wrong people that are trying to hide or have two different lives or whatever. I thought that book was probably one of the top five books I've ever read. And so it's a book I'll study over and read it over and over again.
0: That's awesome. I'm I'm going to check that out. I listened to uh, I don't know if you've listened to his podcast with Tim Ferris and I was pretty blown away by him.
1: He's a remarkable guy. I mean, he truly I felt like he, I was sitting there and and we were best friends and he was sharing stuff that he wouldn't tell that you normally wouldn't tell the world and he was just he was totally open. And so that's that's who he is as a human being and the more that we can do that, the more we're free from all of the stuff that we're trying to protect all the time. We live outwardly versus defensively. And you could tell that that's how he lives. It's, it's why he's worth $15 billion because he's created <laughs> that type of impact on the world.
0: Fantastic book recommendation. We add that to my list right now. I've got a long list of books here. Final question. Uh, what are you working on now that you're really excited about?
1: The, so my mission is to free a million people from financial bondage the the problem with um, what I was doing in the past I was doing things one-on-one with people and the moment where I sat there with my dad and and right before he died and he said I had so many things to do I, I realized that's regret and I'm going to be in that same seat saying that if I keep doing this one-on-one stuff there are more people that need this they need they need me to help them to guide them and and to give them these ideas and these questions so the, so there's two things that are happening. One transformation nation is being launched and, and it's, it's a place where people can learn about their financial freedom, the ideas that we talk about. And, and then the other, the other piece is the, is the platform for financial literacy that's, that's being launched in 2018. And it's, it's a place where people can do basically they're getting a similar, uh, a similar process that I would do one on one asking these questions. And it takes them through an entire year long process of, going from wherever they are to a place of building that muscle. And it makes me really happy to think about giving this to the entire planet so that people can start choosing whether or not they're going to be free. And if they choose not to be free or they, or they aren't free, it is a choice because now this platform is going to be available for the entire world. Whether you're in Africa or Arkansas, it's everybody has access to it. And I love the idea of being able to impact people. It, it makes me realize that at the end of my life, I'm not going to say, damn, I missed something. I'm going to say, whoa, that was amazing. Beautifully
0: said. Damien, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really looking forward to checking out uh, your upcoming launch for Transformation Nation. This was a fantastic conversation. I'm taking away some really good nuggets uh, to mine for my own life. Uh, and Again, I really
1: appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. It's It's been a lot of fun. I hope everybody got a lot of value out of this and I hope your pens and pencils are on fire right now.
0: You can connect with Damien online through his website, DamienLupo.com and on Twitter with his Twitter handle, at Damien Lupo. That's D-A-M-I-O-N-L-U-P-O. All the links and resources Damien and I discussed can be found at the page created just for this episode, including links to a free download of his book and his Academy for Financial Literacy. You'll find it all at nextyearnowpodcast.com slash 49. And finally, just a reminder, if you like the show and enjoy learning from our guests each week, please consider giving us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us stay relevant and findable by listeners like you. That's it for today. I'll see you next time.